Hello and welcome to The Swim Brief. I am Chris DeSantis. I am recording this podcast just ahead of my uh, trip out to speak at a coach's clinic in Minnesota. I'm really excited to do that. I'm also going to be stopping by and paying a visit to Kate Lundson at AquaJets. Um, if you don't know who Kate Lundson is, stop this podcast for a second. Google Kate Lundson swimming um, and you'll know why I'm excited to go out and see her and just start to learn a little bit. Um, so I'm really excited for this trip. But before I got to it, um, I wanted to record something. I want to give you guys, um, give the people more of what they want um, here in podcast form. But I was unable to record with Joel this week um, due to the stuff with my travel. Um, so it's going to be just me today. And I guess what I'm going to be talking about, for lack of a better term, is uh, something I posted uh I posted a bit uh, onto my Instagram earlier this week. And um, for lack of a better term in this podcast, I'm going to go why I love coaching weirdos. Um, and I don't, I don't view weirdos. Um, if you're bringing to this podcast, any kind of pejorative um, about what the term weirdo, um, that's your deal. Um, I actually think, to me, weirdo is a positive term. I'm going to get into that a little bit. Um, but essentially, I, I've i been coaching long enough that I started to think about, like, who do I gravitate towards? You know, who are um, the athletes that I coach that I end up with a really strong relationship with? Um, who do I end up working well with? Who do I find... Um, I can influence the most, um, who, you know, who do, who, who sort of grooves into some of the stuff that I like doing the most. And, um, in, in trying to answer that question, um, it makes me think about my own past, my own experience, um, as an athlete, my own experience growing up. And I think that's really important because, you know, when you, um, when you're a kid and you are interacting with adults, um, I can't remember when somebody explained this to me, but you know, like, let's say you're a 15 year old kid and you have a coach that is 35 years old. Like you have no conception as a 15 year old, what a 35 year old is supposed to act like. Like you, because you've never been 35, you have, um, so you have, you may have some, you may have some guesses as to what an adult is supposed to be like, but you don't have that firsthand experience to see what somebody's like on the other end. Now, the advantage of being an adult and working with young people is, you know, if you're working with a 16 year old kid, you were 16 at some point. And if you can get in touch with um, and stay in touch with who you were as a 16-year-old, that doesn't mean you have to act like a 16-year-old. In fact, you shouldn't act like a 16-year-old, but it does mean that you stay in a spot where you can empathize with what it means to be a 16-year-old kid and then look at the circumstances um, that the 16-year-olds or 15-year-olds or whatever age you're coaching, whatever that they find themselves in. Um, and think a little creatively about 
why they might be coming to practice, why they might be um, uh, presenting at any kind of swimming event the way that they do. Um, and I know for myself, I've told this story in, in various ways. Um, but the year that I decided to become a coach was the same year that uh, swimming made a, a giant shift in me as a person. Um, I, uh, growing up, um, <laughs> it is so weird to say this, but um, I found myself on the receiving end of a lot of bullying when I was a little kid, even though like in your classic scenario, you think like little kid, you know, big, stronger kid pushing them around. I was like much bigger than all the kids <laughs> in my kindergarten class or in my first grade class. I was a giant little boy, but the personality that I had um, made me almost perfect for bullying. If I, if I look back at the time, because um I had a certain earnestness about me, um, a certain uh, naivete, you know, that I, um, I wanted to let people in. I wanted to, um, I wanted to be liked by other people. And I did not, I, I, when, when somebody got real aggressive with me, I was a freezer. Um, so, you know, rather than respond aggressively back to them, I was just one of those people that froze in place and really didn't know what to do. So, you know, if there was another kid that, that wanted to get a little bit aggressive with me, well, they found out pretty fast that there was like, even, even if um, I could have beaten them up, that wasn't going to happen. And I think in those situations, um, that's all you need. Right. Um, and I was, I always, um, felt like a bit of a weirdo, right? Um, I was always very much, I think, up in my head, right? Um, I would be described in that way by uh, a lot of adults in my life. Um, I was somebody who, you know, either could not pay attention at all or was totally engrossed in something that I was doing, but it was like almost always on one of those poles. So, you know, as a, as a kid in school, there would be like moments where, you know, the teacher would be like, wow, he's so into this and he's just getting it. And, you know, there'd be moments where they'd be like, he's on another planet right now. Um, and a lot of that just, you know, I, I mean, I have a million reflections on that. Um, and where it translated in to a change in a swimming environment for me was that um, I just happened to be in the right place at the right time where I was surrounded by people for a year and I was surrounded by a coach who was sort of like, yeah, you're a total weirdo and that's awesome. You know, like I just felt for the first time in my life that you know, the things that um, I was worrying about that, you know, like that I compared myself to other people and, and found different 
um, they almost went overnight from something that something that you know <laughs> would lead other people to prey upon me to actually like drawing people in towards me. And of course, like like any kid, I wanted to find a space that I belonged. I wanted to find um, people that I belonged with. I wanted to form relationships. I wanted to uh, get in closer. And, you know, I just had this magical year. I think I was 14 years old. I was in eighth grade. I mean, I, I look back on my childhood and I feel like seventh grade was the worst year of my childhood and eighth grade was the best year. Um, and a lot of it had to do with just the context that I was, I was put in, um, where stuff that had previously seemed like it was such a giant problem for me, um, all of a sudden seemed like, you know, it was great. And, and one of the, to be, to be fair, I mean, one of the things was, um, I was, super into swimming. Swimming was something that really captured my interest that year. And, uh, you know, 25 years later, it's still there. Um, so, you know, uh, I have certain things in my life that, you know, they just, as I said, they, they capture my interest, but you know, there, I, I got to imagine that there's some emotional connection to it, right. That, you know, the things that, you know, the, the, the non people, that capture interest to where you say like, I love something, you know, like, but you, it's not a person. It's, it's a concept, something like the sport of um, assuming that there's some emotional resonance um, that's drawn from memories like the ones that I had in that year. And they just sort of cemented a few things into place. And I could see how, who I was in the context of sport of swimming you know, that, that there was a lot of good there. Um, and that, you know, it was a great sport to just go fully in on, right. The, the reward that you got for going all in on the sport of swimming, I thought was, was really, really great. Now the natural, um, sort of pitfall of becoming hyper-focused, um, uh, as I just described on the sport of swimming is that it doesn't, it doesn't lend your life a lot of balance. I think balance, um, not something I've talked a lot about in this podcast, um, but I'm sure I will eventually, And you know, just having a diversity of interests and a diversity of activities um, that, you know, factor into your sense of self um, it can be really, really, really helpful. Um, the, the, the person that um, influenced me the most in this regard was Shannon Rollison when he was running the National Training Center in Denmark um, because he was actively trying to get, you know, world-class swimmers, world-record-holding swimmers to have some other interests in life. He thought it was important, and um, that really made sense to me um, at that point in my life, but when I, when I fell head over heels for swimming and I was just like investing more and getting more, investing more and getting more, I just thought like, well, I'm just going to keep investing. Um, but it wasn't a good long-term sustainable strategy because where it led me ultimately was to a space where 
um, you know, if swimming was going well, then I was, you know, sky high and I was riding the wave of that and I was feeling really good about myself and it was bleeding over and I'd do well in school and every, you know, the, the sky was a little bit bluer and <laughs> the, the sun was a little warmer on my skin, you know, like everything. And if swimming wasn't going well, um, watch out, you know, because the, the sky was constantly gray and, and there was a cold wind whipping, um, and everything, uh, went in the opposite direction. And, you know, back earlier when I said, I've often been described as somebody up in my head, I think that's one of the reasons it's really great to have a podcast. Cause I actually, I have an outlet to get some of the things I've been thinking about out and into a format. And I've realized that, you know, like as much as anybody wants to, you know, direct themselves and where to go, there's a lot of value in just, you know, wherever your mind goes, finding a way to make that work for you. And I think this podcast has been a good way for me to connect with a lot of people who um, I think are also uh, like-minded in the way that, you know, if, if you're following my train of thought right now, let me tell you something, you're a little bit different. You're, you're kind of a weirdo because um, while it makes all sorts of logical sense to me, and it makes logical sense to a lot of people that are listening to this. Um, there's a lot of people I know out there who go like, where is he going? You know, what kind of journey, what kind of ride are we on listening to this? Um, but where I'm going with this and in terms of people that I like to coach is, you know, I have at various times thought about um, what comes naturally to me, which is just like an overwhelming amount of uh, word articulated thoughts that just like shoot across my mind. And, um, you know, it may not sound like it. I think a lot of people listen to the podcast and they probably think like, oh my gosh, Chris talks kind of slow. Like I got to put him on one and a half speed so I can get through all of it. I totally understand that. But let me explain something to you. One of the reasons why I speak slowly on this is because actually there's so much that I'm thinking about saying that I'm, as I'm speaking to you right now, I'm discarding a lot of material um, so that I, so that I can at least come out in a semi-coherent way um, because I have a feeling like that's important in the, in the context of a podcast that, you know, that, that people will be able to um, understand and follow some piece of it and that the sentences will make sense and all of that piece. So, you know, I'm constantly trying to edit on the background and I guarantee you've got kids like this on your team. You've got kids that are very much up in their head. You've got kids that are, I mean, like for better or worse, my brain is great at creating thoughts. It is. And if, 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 um, if unchecked, it will do amazing work to create thoughts for why I can't do something, why I'm bad and you know, what's wrong with me. Like it will, I, I mean, I could write a whole book. <laughs> I could write a whole book and, and I could do it stream of consciousness style. If I just let my, 
you know, if I just let my id flow and um, let it just let it just go. And maybe it'd be a therapeutic exercise for me. But I guarantee you have kids, you go like, oh, my God, I cannot believe that they found a way in this situation to talk themselves out of succeeding. And let me tell you, I've been there. I have been there. And um, that's why I gravitate towards those kids because my heart goes out to them. Um, you know, I, I know where they have been. I know that um, they probably reached a point that I reached at a certain point where I just, at many points, where I just went like, I hate this about myself. I hate that um, I have so many thoughts racing through my mind. I, um, I wish I wasn't like this. I wish I could shut this off. I wish that, you know, um, any number of things. But what I am realizing and what I help people to realize that I'm coaching is that this is not a weakness. This um, ability to generate thoughts and especially to generate thoughts about yourself is potentially the biggest strength you can have in trying to do something ambitious because though that thought generation that is a learned behavior that is something that you learn to do you learn to talk yourself out of doing things you learn to speak badly about yourself you learn to um you know, uh, underestimate your own capabilities. And if that is true, and I think it is, then you can learn to do the opposite. You can learn to speak kindly to yourself. You can learn to talk yourself into doing ambitious things. You can learn all of the positivity and your capacity for executing on it if you're somebody with overwhelming level of thought, if you are somebody who's really up in your head, you have you don't have a weakness. You have a freaking bazooka on your shoulder. Like you have a massive weapon that you can leverage into the stuff that you're doing. And I get really excited when I talk about it. I get really excited. I love um I love getting into uh one-on-one coaching with a kid who's been walking around because so many of them, of uh, the kids that I coach, that that's sort of the story of how they come to me. They come to me um, saying like, hey, I just have all these overwhelming negative thoughts when I'm trying to swim as fast as I possibly can and, and I would like to fix that. And... Um, realizing the process of realizing that this thing that you perceived was holding you back could actually be something that um, you leverage to be incredibly successful in what you're doing. Uh, it's just so fun. It's fun for me. It's cathartic for me because a lot of this stuff, like I'm still figuring it out at 39. And if I can catch, you know, a 15 year old up on that, um, I know that, uh, I know that I've made a giant difference 
in their lives. I know that I've made a giant difference in the lives of people around them and the relationships that they're going to have, the relationships they're going to have with their coach. You know, if you can imagine the most uh, prolific negative thinker on your team becoming the most prolific positive thinker on your team and what a difference that would make for how you would feel about coaching them, I can do that. Um, and I, I really enjoy doing it. <laughs> Like I am, I am drawn to it. Um, so that's what I'm thinking about today. Again, if you're going to be out in Minnesota and you listen to this and, um, and you're probably going to hear some pieces of this in the talk, just because I always talk about what's on my mind, um, at a given moment. Uh, but please come up and say hello to me. Uh, I'm a bit of a weirdo, right? So, um, sometimes I feel a little bit uncomfortable in situations like this where, you know, I think for the most part, I'm meeting people that I've never met before, but um, uh, I am genuinely excited to meet you, If you, especially if you listen to this uh, podcast. So please come up and talk to me. If you, um, if you want a pair of goggles, themagic5.com slash the swim brief, um, I highly recommend them. They are the goggles that I wear every day when I swim. I'm going to try to sneak in a swim when I'm in Minnesota. I'm bringing them with me. Um, I'm checking to make sure they're everywhere um, because I don't want to lose my, my uh, custom pair of goggles that, um, that I've just, uh, I, I don't want to ever be separated from them. Uh, Bite-sized positive psychology content, Instagram, uh, Chris D, sorry, Chris D, <laughs> Chris D underscore coach. Okay. CD swim coach on Facebook. And uh, the YouTube channel, Christopher DeSantis YouTube channel, I think it's also uh, at Christy Coach on YouTube. You can see um, some of the content with me and Joel breaking down technique, just talking about how to swim and uh, going way beyond, you know, what to put in practice. But um, the actual art, art of coaching, um, that's what we're into. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you. Um, thanks for being a friend. And uh, I'll see you again next week.